Hey guys, standing here on the summit of what they say is Mount Sinai here on the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. This is the spot where a bunch of uh, different religious leaders from around the world, Hindus, Buddhists, supposed Christians, Jews, Muslims, uh, they all came up here, some shaman from the Amazon rainforest, and they uh, brought up a two, two plaques, what they described originally as a new Ten Commandments. Uh, hugely significant. This was all during the COP27 climate change. And uh, they came up here and they did a ceremony repenting of their climate sins, uh, their CO2 emissions, their uh, meat consumption, their, their failure to take proper care of the environment. And uh, they said they're all united, uh, all their faith traditions in this idea of taking care of the planet. So uh, we, we did have an opportunity to speak with them. Uh, we're going to show you some of the clips from that. But uh, we thought we'd come up here to Mount Sinai. They say this is where uh, God delivered the Ten Commandments to Moses. And so one of the things that these religious leaders did, they, they brought the fake Ten Commandments up and smashed them like Moses did when he went back down and uh, saw what the Israelites were doing. Uh, very, very significant. In fact, I think that's the most significant thing that happened at the COP. It was the usual, uh, you know, give us money, give up your freedom, we're going to save the planet. And, you know, that stuff happens every year. But uh, for a long time, we've been talking to many scientists, we've interviewed many of them for the New American, and they said, what we're dealing here is, what we're dealing with here is a climate religion, a climate cult. Uh, and they always got really kind of edgy when you would say that. And, and yet, here we have people coming up to this very, very holy mountain. And actually, they warned us on the way out, this is a holy place. Uh, the Muslims believe that uh, Moses came up here. The Jews believe that Moses came up here. The Christians believe that uh, Moses came up here. And when we were talking to these religious leaders who organized this ceremony, and they had people from all the, you know, the Vatican sent representatives, uh, the Greek Orthodox, uh, evangelicals, the, uh, the Finnish Lutheran Church, uh, the Jewish denominations, like I said, Hindus, Buddhists. Uh, when we were talking to them at the COP27, they, they recognized, they acknowledged that there had been some really bad uh, press, some really bad uh, communication strategy when they claimed they were coming up with a new Ten Commandments. So uh, one of the guys uh, we talked to, he's the head of the uh, Peace Foundation, I believe it's called, or the Peace Department. Uh, he said that, uh, that, don't think of it as a replacement for the Ten Commandments, think of it as an addendum to the Ten Commandments. So we'll show you that clip, you can see uh, what we're talking about, check this out. All religions teach us to respect the creation that we have been given. And we've done kind of a terrible job of that. And so with a new kind of 10 commandments of climate change, which are an addendum to not a replacement for the original 10 commandments and a third covenant that we're some kind of working on between mankind and creation, that we would refocus on those elements of the teachings from across religions that point us in the direction of fixing the problems that we've created so that life can thrive on this planet and so that we can build that proverbial kingdom of heaven here on earth. So there you heard it. I mean, he's talking about uh, an, an addendum to the Ten Commandments. And, uh, you know, all of this stuff really rubbed a lot of evangelical Christians in America the wrong way. There was a lot of pushback. In fact, and they acknowledged that uh, when we were talking to them at the COP27, they recognized that a lot of people were kind of offended by this. Um, and so they, they came up with this new strategy. But they also said they were ushering in a third covenant, right? Uh, uh, the Old Testament has, of course, the Old Covenant, and then when Christ came, uh, Christians believe there was the New Covenant. 
And um, now these uh, religious leaders, so-called, they claim to be ushering in the third covenant. They said they were still working out the details, but uh, you know, really, to some critics, it sounded like there's something of a God complex here. Right? God gave the original Ten Commandments. Does man really have the authority to add additional Ten Commandments, having to do with climate justice and things? Um, and it actually goes right along with what the United Nations was saying. Um, they, they gave some really interesting, uh, in, a, in a report that was put out by the UN Development Program, the UN Environment Program, uh, right ahead of the UN COP27, uh, they argued that uh, we need a new system of morality, a new system of ethics. They argued that uh, as humans evolved, we developed a set of ethics. And of course, that is uh, absolutely abhorrent idea to, to a Christian, to a Jew, someone who believes the scriptures. Uh, but they claimed that this morality system evolved with humans and that now maybe it wasn't appropriate anymore, that it was time to move to a new one. Uh, you can see the quotes up on the screen now. And, and again, this has been very offensive to a lot of religious people. Um, we asked uh, the, the rabbi, one of the leaders of this, uh, Rabbi Jonathan Nerl. He's the uh, founder and the leader of the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development. I actually asked him about uh, this criticism that they were trying to create a one-world religion. And he did deny that they're creating a one-world religion. You can uh, listen to him here. They, they think that this is one-world religion, which it isn't. Each person in our sessions here at COP27, and we held a conference in Jerusalem, uh, and with our partner, the Elijah Interfaith Institute uh, Climate Repentance Ceremony in London. In each event, each religious figure speaks based on the teachings of their tradition. We're not trying to meld all, re all religions into one religion. We're just trying to prevent the Anthropocene, the great extinction event that humans are bringing upon the earth. And so we're doing this not because we think that, you know, we have some ulterior motive or other agenda, we're just trying to care for God's creation, and we're trying to enable the next generation to inherit a sustainable, thriving, and spiritually aware planet. So uh, w one of the things that uh, the rabbi did say was that uh, he, he has written these commentaries on the Bible, on the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, the Pentateuch, uh, Genesis, uh, Deuteronomy, Exodus, etc. And uh, he, he calls it the eco-Bible. Uh, and he's made a lot of fans, even among non-Jews. Um, you can listen to him uh, explaining here why he wrote the eco-Bible and what he thinks about it. So the Bible is the best-selling book in human history, and it's the best-selling book still today. I studied for seven years in a Jewish seminary in rabbinic training, and as part of that I saw that there's a deep connection between ancient teachings and our ecological crisis. And so I co-authored an ecological commentary on the Hebrew Bible, Eco Bible, which I'm very happy that Metropolitan Seraphin is so enthusiastic about. This commentary is on 400 verses in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We're connecting ecological science with biblical commentary from the Jewish rabbis over the past 2,500 years. And so we're not throwing out religion, we're connecting these deep teachings that are organic in religious texts to our current ecological crisis. As one of the Jewish sages say, delve into it because it's all in there. The solutions to our ecological crisis are spiritual solutions because the roots of our ecological crisis our spiritual roots. So uh, over the years, as I mentioned, we've talked to uh, a number of scientists and many prominent scientists have pointed out the, their view that this 
climate stuff is really a religion now in in, in Paris uh, at the UN I forget which cop it was but we, we had a TNA team in Paris and uh, we interviewed a number of scientists one of them that we interviewed was uh, Dr. Yvestan Marco he has passed away now but uh, the main emphasis of, of his talk with us was that what we're dealing with here is a religion and that it should be treated as a religion uh, and at the time we had a lot of scoffers but I want to show you what he had to say now, at the moment, there is absolutely not one single physical scientific evidence, I repeat, not one single physical scientific evidence that shows that carbon dioxide emitted by human beings has any effect whatsoever on the temperature of our Earth. Not one proof of evidence. Okay, well, so what's this whole summit about then? They're telling us that carbon dioxide is pollution and we need to stop it or we're all going to be in trouble. So what, what is the real agenda then? Well, the real agenda is in fact to be able to find a culprit. And the culprit is carbon dioxide. And if you have a culprit, you of course have someone behind it who's the fault of that. So the human being is in fact the guy who generates this noxious, nasty chemical. This is almost like a religion, you know. You have the original sin. The original sin is carbon dioxide. The one who committed is the human being. So we all have to repent. This is basically the message which is given there. It's a new religion going on. This, and we call it climatism around here. And that new religion is there to make sure that people, in fact, will pay for that. You will pay for carbon dioxide. You will pay for heating your home. You will pay for everything that touches far or close to climate. And of course, he's not the only one, right? We've had many prominent American scientists who've said similar things. Uh, of course, uh, Dr. Richard Lindzen of MIT, a very, very prominent, well-known, and well-respected professor, uh, said the same thing, except uh, not quite as politely. He, he has referred to these climate people as a climate cult. The former senior uh, climate scientist at NASA, now he's at the University of Alabama at Huntsville, uh, he actually he got really mad that they were calling him climate deniers. So he said, you know what, gloves are off now. These people are climate Nazis because these crazy policies that they're advocating, uh, shutting down fossil fuels, uh, limiting agriculture, he said this would be responsible for millions of deaths around the world. Um, and, and he was very serious. He, a lot of uh, people have said that we're talking about human sacrifice here. Uh, you're telling people that they can't use energy, they can't grow food. Uh, you know, massive, massive devastation would result from this. So uh, the, I think the religious component, this switch, this shift to a new morality is probably the most significant thing that, that happened while we were here in Egypt. And a lot of it took place right here at Mount Sinai. Uh, they didn't actually let the whole crew come up here. The Egyptian government said that uh, they couldn't all come up. So they moved some of the ceremonies over to Jerusalem. They did some of it over in London, but um, they did send a crew up here of people. They smashed these Ten Commandments. And um, if you want to watch the whole interview we did with them, we spent 37 and a half minutes with these leaders. Uh, we had uh, Metropolitan Seraphim of the Greek Orthodox Church. We had Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Jonathan Narel. Uh, we had the co-founder and the leader of the Peace Department, uh, and also a representative, a German representative of the World Evangelical Alliance. Um, and I specifically asked him about some of the criticism from evangelicals. He had a very dif diplomatic response. Um, you know, he didn't directly criticize American evangelicals, but he did say that the evangelical movement is is very large, very diverse. A lot of people would believe different things. Uh, he did point out that American evangelicals and some Brazilian evangelicals, actually you might have heard some of them singing earlier, they were uh, making music and praying up here on top of Mount Sinai, that they were kind of pushing back on the climate thing. They didn't want to get involved in the climate debate or they didn't even believe this. Uh, you've had very prominent uh, evangelical leaders in America also, like John MacArthur, 
point out that uh, you know this is a disposable planet. God is going to destroy it. It's not going to have anything to do with your SUV. Uh, and he's gotten some pushback from the environmentalists too. But um, the Vatican, uh, on the other hand, has been a major participant in this kind of religious angle to it. Uh, one of the things that Rabbi uh, Jonathan Narell said from the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development was that they want to leverage faith communities. And that nobody has done a better job of leveraging faith communities than Pope Francis. He, of course, put out that famous encyclical uh, Laudato Si, which uh, really caused shockwaves around the world. Uh, the climate people, the UN, they were just thrilled about it, very globalistic-minded. But then you had... Um, a lot of faithful Catholics in the United States and around the world, including now more and more, uh, my colleague William F. Jasper wrote about this at the, at the New American, uh, more and more uh, senior clerics who are speaking out about this and, and rejecting some of these teachings of the Pope. So um, again, very significant what's happening here, folks. It's actually what we've been trying to tell you guys for, for decades now. If you go back and read some of the early reports that Bill Jasper did, but they were ushering in uh, this new Ark of the Covenant, this new uh, Ten Commandments, this climate religion. They laid off it a little bit, and now they are back again full force. The UN was involved with this whole process. The UN Department of uh, Religious Affairs or the UN Office of Religious Affairs has been listed in several places as a participant in this. So stay tuned folks. There's going to be much more. This is only the beginning of the effort to, to use religion to bring people on board with this agenda. It's only the beginning of the effort to co-opt religion and, and really merge religions. One of the things that I think was so troubling to so many Christians is that there's this um, almost axiomatic belief among the the so-called religious leaders that are organizing this, that all these religions are the same. And that's simply not true. Uh, in fact, you can verify this very easily by going into the scriptures. Uh, the Apostle Paul, or St. Paul, as the Catholics call him, he, uh, he actually argued in, uh, in the New Testament, in the epistles, that uh, what the pagans were sacrificing to idols, they were actually sacrificing to demons. Uh, so, you know, to say that a Christian or a Jew has the same beliefs as a Hindu or the same basic values as a Hindu uh, is simply not the case. Um, you know, uh, Christians believe from the book of Genesis that we have been given dominion over the earth, that we are stewards of the earth, but not that we need to uh, sacrifice human well-being and things to protect the alleged climate and things like this. So anyways, fascinating stuff, guys. We're going to have to head down anyways. We're going to be heading to St. Catherine's Monastery now, but hope you enjoyed this special issue of Behind the Deep State. Share it out with your friends. Uh, this is stuff that you're not going to hear from the mainstream media in the United States. It's stuff that they're hiding from Americans, all of it, right? The effort to take trillions of dollars and redistribute it to the kleptocrats of the world. Uh, the effort to restrict agriculture. The effort to restrict energy production. This is all stuff that the fake media in the United States is not going to tell you about. So get this video out. Send it to your congressman. Send it to your state representatives and your county commissioners and your sheriff. Send it to your neighbors and your pastor. Uh, it's important that this information get out. You know the, the fascists at YouTube and Facebook, they're not going to allow this to, to spread very far. So we depend on you, dear viewer. Uh, I'm Alex Newman here for the New American Magazine. Hope you enjoyed and uh, God bless. You if you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also, please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email is a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye.